Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Existence Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back, friends, family, and loved ones from around the world. The Ecstatic Existence Podcast, once again, bringing you conscious content and empowering information. I am Daniel Alcyon. And I'm Rachel Alcyon. And this interview today is kind of a long time in the making. We've been so excited for this one. Yes, you reached out to us months ago and was like, can can I be on the show? (laughs) Yeah, and it's just really exciting because she's one of our dear friends and colleagues. Yes. And she's really an amazing gift to the world. I would like to introduce to you Allison Ellsbury. Allison is the creator of the Temple of Mary, a spiritual and educational resource center empowering children and families to nurture the next generation of spiritual leaders. She helps you recognize your child's behaviors as clues to their most meaningful spiritual gifts and soul talents so that you can overcome frustration, doubt, and overwhelm to feel confident and at peace raising your child into their fullest spiritual expression. Allison has 17 years of experience as a pediatric occupational therapist and holistic health specialist working with moms, babies, and children. And she enjoys sharing the wisdom of Mother Mary to help raise the next generation of spiritual leaders on our planet. Allison, it's so beautiful to have you here today. Yeah, welcome. Um, thank you. I'm really honored to have this time with both of you and whoever is going to be listening in. Yeah, and you know, Alice and I met at a Wealthy Goddess Live event a few years ago, and I fell in love with you instantly and your your ability to keep your childlike wonder completely alive. You know, you have this this innocence, and yet you really do walk with the power of Mary. You know, you have the, the child and the mother just swirling around in perfect harmony within you, and it radiates through your eyes and your skin and your energy. So it's been wonderful to call you friend and sister and colleague. And Daniel and I have actually even worked with Allison privately with her services, and her readings are incredible. Uh, incredible. So I highly recommend if you have children or you're desiring to have children, reach out to Allison. Yeah, there's some really beautiful medicine that comes through, and she is sparkly, Very. literally sparkly. Mm-hmm. love that. Oh, thank you. Just listening to everything that you've been describing has been just such a gift to receive those words. So thank you. What an honor and a pleasure. Well, first of all, Allison, I'd love to talk a little bit about the Temple of Mary and what does it do Mm -hmm. to help children and families. What is your connection with the Mary energy and how far back does that go? How long have you been working with this energy? Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. From as far back as I can remember, I've always had a very intimate and powerful connection and partnership with with Mother Mary. And from the moment I could even speak, I was trying to tell people about her. 
and I saw her clear as day, and I would be playing outside or playing in my room and my toy box, and I would be having these in-depth conversations with her, but I always just called her Mary. I didn't call her Mother Mary, and she always felt really familiar, like a family member to me, and I remember specifically at one point in my childhood trying to explain to my mom that we were, we were going out to dinner, and I said, oh, well, isn't Mary coming with us? Because I saw Mary as another member of the family. That's how clear I saw her. Wow. And I thought everyone else saw her as well. And my mom said, who, who are you talking about? And I was trying to describe her. And my mom just, you know, she just had this look on her face like, oh, my goodness, I think my child is actually seeing something that I don't see. Did your family have mm-hmm. a religious uh, background or, I mean, was that part of your, your home no. culture? No, we didn't grow up in any religion at all. We didn't even talk about God. We didn't go to church. Nothing. Nothing. And so mm-hmm. did you know that Mary was affiliated with Jesus? Like at your young age, was there that connection that you knew that this was the mother of Jesus? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because that soul family feels like my family. Like, it it really feels that deep of an intimate connection. And so, to me, I thought everybody knew them, (laughs) and everybody saw them. And so, here I am at the age of about four years old trying to to ask, well, isn't Mary coming to dinner, (laughs) you know, with us? And here's my mom thinking, oh, my God, I don't know what my child's talking about. I think she's seeing something. And so, my mom said, oh, my God, don't tell anyone. Don't ever tell anyone. And so she was just trying to protect me. But what she didn't realize was that I really literally took that to heart and thought, oh, my God, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not supposed to talk about this. Right. So for the rest of my childhood, I just kept it in and I didn't talk about it. I saw her and angels and all kinds of other spiritual beings. But I didn't know that it was actually okay to communicate that with others or really even how to embody that part of my spirit in a way that actually felt safe or comfortable because I didn't see other people around me acting in a similar way or expressing their spirituality. So I actually thought that, oh, I guess we don't express that part of our spirit here. Did you go through a time ever of actually questioning your sanity and thinking there was something wrong with you for for seeing these things that nobody else could? I never questioned my sanity, but I thought that I was doing something wrong. What ended up happening was I ended up judging myself because I didn't see other people having a similar expression or they were hiding it and I didn't see it. And so I thought it was so different that I was actually doing something wrong. And so it turned into a lot of self-criticism and judgment and hatred Hmm. for my spirituality and spiritual gifts because I wasn't fitting in. So I more desperately wanted to fit in than anything else. You know, I, I just wanted to feel safe and fit in. And so it wasn't until I got older Um, probably in my late teens, and I actually realized, you know, this is a spirit that really has been telling me a lot of information for a number of years, but I don't know what to do with this. And at that point, I was at a place in my life where I didn't understand how to be in relationship with my own energy and what that even meant 
interacting in the world around me. And so I had been absorbing a lot of other people's emotions, uh, life experiences, and things like that. And it actually ended up making me very ill. And it was a, a wake-up call for me to get really in touch with my own spirit and learn how to connect my spiritual energy with my physical body in a way that I could feel safe and supported and comfortable in expressing who I really was. And so I spent the majority of my 20s, you know, recovering from some of those illnesses and reestablishing a deeper connection with my own spirituality because I had really tried to hide it and push it aside. And it, and it made me ill. And so once I started doing that, I was also simultaneously going to college and was training to become an occupational therapist. And I chose to specialize in pediatrics because I had always had an affinity for, for women and children ever since I can remember. And when I became an OT and parents started bringing their children in through our practice, they would just automatically find me. Hmm. And they were fascinated by their children's behaviors. And they would come up to me and just say, you know, I don't know why I just feel that it's okay to ask you this, but my child is talking about past life experiences. Or my child is communicating with energy that I don't see. Or my child is having dreams that are really profound and they're coming true. Or I just don't get my child and what their behavior means. It's totally different, and I feel so freaked out and uncomfortable. And when these women were really bearing their soul to me about how they were feeling about raising their children, it started to really click in my mind. Oh, my God. A way that a mother's presence shows up in relationship with her child really influences how their child feels about their own spirituality, their self-esteem. You know, everything that they feel good about themselves in the world is influenced. And I got really fascinated by that. So I went into deeper training and so much about different energy dynamics, um, hands-on body techniques that were really helping babies um, clear birth traumas and helping their energy incarnate into their body in a way that actually felt safe and comfortable. And those babies taught me a lot about spiritual energy and how it enters the body and different developmental stages that actually aren't written in any textbooks or that, you know, most um, Western medicine talks about. And so I became fascinated by that, and I would start relaying that information to parents. And I realized that I was really educating the parents about the spirit of their children, and parents were starting to feel a lot more confident and at ease understanding what was really going on with their children. And then I decided to leave the traditional medical system behind and start my own business. And again, I was getting an influx of these moms and women and children coming in and saying, you know, my child is having these experiences and I know that they're here for a big purpose, but I don't have a clue what that is or even how to help. You know, do you know what that is? And I just had this way of bridging that gap of communication and consciousness and really helping women understand, you know, the the soul of their children, the language, you know, that they speak with. And over time, you know, it kept evolving. And about a year and a half, two years ago, I really came out of the closet about my connection with Mary 
and she's a central figure in my business and how I work with women and children. And once I really allowed myself to really express that in my business and in other parts of my life, miracles really honestly started showing up in so many different places that I can't even begin to logically explain. And it was because I was having the courage to really express who I am and was really wanting to be at peace with that. And one of the miracles that happened was Mary really came to me and was showing me a vision of how I could help even more women and children. And that was essentially creating a physical building at some point that would be an energetic spiritual center, you know, holding that energy for children and families to come and really have a spiritual experience and really help them remember and feel supported about how to really nurture their own spirituality. And when I saw that, I really didn't understand what some of the next steps were going to be, but how it's really unfolded is the Temple of Mary is really more of an online center first before the first physical building is going to actually be built. Hmm. And, you know, we're really helping empower the spirit of women and children worldwide. And I do that through a number of different ways, whether that's working privately one-on-one and helping um, women really understand what's going on with their children and helping them connect with them on that soul level so that all of them are feeling nurtured. But I also have group experiences where women are coming together and wanting to be with other women that are raising spiritual kids and that are really wanting to find a community of people who are really talking about what it's really going to take to raise the next generation of kids. And we're also getting ready to um, be putting out some other products and resources that are going to be really talking about understanding the nature of your children. How do you understand what it is that they really want and need? And really educating the world on children's spirituality so that we're really getting back to the heart of what matters, which is the spirit. That is such important work to be done, bridging that gap for the children, because My personal experience was as a spiritually gifted child, no one knew what to do with me. Mm -hmm. They didn't know. There weren't any resources. And, you know, I think it just got either ignored or shut down. And uh, I had to come a long full circle to reclaiming a lot of my spiritual gifts. So having this, Mm -hmm. having this ability and availability for parents to find out at a early stage how to connect with and celebrate their children's gifts is amazing. That's huge work. It is. It's really important work. And thank you for acknowledging that because it really influences us all. And I think one of the most common questions I get asked is, you know, well, how do I know if my child's spiritually gifted? And it's really not a question of whether they are or aren't. I personally believe that everyone on the planet is spiritually gifted. And it's because we all agreed to take the responsibility of being in a body in this lifetime. And it's really the gift of our body and our spirit learning how to be at home in it. And so bringing through that important information that makes us all unique and what gifts we're here to share and serve is what really makes us all gifted with our own spirit. And when parents can really recognize from a young age that their children are trying to communicate with them on a really different level, 
um, it can become much easier to recognize what really matters. And what I'm really seeing is that more and more families are really starting to recognize each other more on a soul level. And what I'm also seeing is that so many more children are coming in awake, aware. Their gifts are very active and alive from a very early age. And if we can recognize that from the very beginning, then they have the chance to learn how to use their gifts confidently and wisely in a way that feels really safe and comfortable. And from the moment I became a pediatric occupational therapist, what I noticed most about kids that were really coming in for for therapy was that they were having a really hard time connecting their actual energy, the spirit of who they are, to their physical body. And so when I talk about the education of the spirit, where there's potential for more education in our world, is for us to really understand what it is to be in a body and how to take care of what's beyond the boundary of our own skin. You know, so much is taught as a child around self-care, you know, hygiene, you know, comb your hair, brush your teeth, put on deodorant, tie your shoes, (laughs) how to dress yourself, you know, what happens when, you know, you become older and you go through puberty. There's those parts of education about the body. If you're lucky, if kids are lucky, they get it. Exactly. And there seems to have been a part about educating children about being in a body and how to take care of their energy field, their personal space, that I'm seeing more and more and more education, more and more potential to really help people understand, hey, we can't leave out the spirit of people that's really not going to benefit any of the children that are already here or that have even yet to come onto the planet yet. There's such a need for that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, in my case, when I was quite young, I had visions as well. I would see things and hear things um, and feel things, and I was told that I was just sensitive, you know. Um, I was overly, mm-hmm. overly sensitive And um, my mother, being more intuitive and spiritually in touch, knew this, but didn't really have the Mm -hmm. tools to be able to support me through it or even cultivate it more. Mm -hmm. And my father Mm -hmm. was totally out of touch. And so uh, what happened in my case is I ended up shutting down and then acting out, you know, rebelliously um, and getting into addiction Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I see that with a lot of people. If as children, their spiritual gifts are not nurtured and supported um, and help to be like honed and cultivated, then they end up kind of getting spun out as adults. Yeah, and a lot of the kids that yeah. have these labels, like these chronic labels that are getting put on mm-hmm. everyone of ADHD mm-hmm. and the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. many times these are just really gifted mm-hmm. kids that are opened up to yep. things but haven't been told about mm-hmm. them. They're experiencing things that nobody else is talking about, and so they have a really hard right. time adjusting. I I love thinking that ADHD, I heard this somewhere, actually stands for attention Mm -hmm. directed to higher dimensions. That's all that means. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I think it's completely true from my experience in working with kids who have had this label um, placed upon them. It's definitely true. 
And, you know, Rachel, what you said about your experience as a kid and then going in the direction of not knowing what to do with it and feeling kind of shut down and rebellious, you know, I think this really happened in, in our society is that, you know, honestly, we've just forgotten how to recognize spirit and how much it matters and why it matters and why that's important that it matters. And when I say matters, it's like a play on words. It's like matter physically coming into form, taking form, but then also mattering, meaning a real importance. And I think that if we just learn to recognize our own spirit and why it matters to us and everyone around us, it's much easier to then turn around and look at a child and be able to recognize their spirit. And that's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. It's what really makes my heart sing. And so both of you sharing what you experienced as a child, I know that pretty much almost every person I've ever talked to has had really similar experiences. I often will hear, well, what's normal or what's typical? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't have that answer. And, you know, if we were to just say, well, that's really cool how they're expressing it, you know, and just being more curious about it and allowing, allowing their creativeness, their creativity, that freedom of expression to show up there's more room for them to feel safe in order to do that. But if we're not allowed that nurturing space or that freedom or come into families that are ready to remember that level of connection, then we have a different experience. But a lot of the kids that are, that are coming in are choosing very awake and aware parents. And it's not to say that they have an easier time raising them, there's certainly still challenges that come up with it. But just being able to recognize the spirit is where I think, personally, it really makes a difference. Totally. Well, and then you have less um, repair work to do later on. You know, I spent my the good part of my 20s repairing mm-hmm. some of the damage that was done because my spiritual gifts were so, you know, diminished or stifled or, or ostracized. And I feel like now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have gifts. And I'm keen on what some of them are. And some of them I'm still like, well, like, what are they? I'm still, like, figuring it out, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like if you can cultivate that from a a really young age, then children can grow up with this really deep sense of knowing, yeah, this is what my gift is or gifts, and here's what I'm going to do with it. And so, Allison, how can can families Mm -hmm. begin to truly recognize, honor, and nurture their children's spiritual gifts. Well, you know, Daniel, that could be a whole nother show just in and of <laughs> itself. <laughs> but, you know, I think it really begins with being willing to acknowledge that that potential is there and to really think about every experience that you have with your child at the core of that is just energy and that your relationship is actually an exchange of that spiritual energy between your souls. And if you can realize that your children's behaviors are simply just ways that they're trying to show you who they are, I think more people will begin to understand that the actual language 
of how children communicate is energy because that's the true nature of their soul. Right. And I love that you had, you know, shared that word curiosity. It's like, you know, just being curious about the way that they're showing up and like, oh, isn't that interesting? And yeah, it it feels so much more supportive than, than like you're the parent and you have to like keep them safe and tell them what to do and teach them things. It's like they come in knowing so much. Let's Mm -hmm. just, let's just let it Mm -hmm. unfold and see what they know. And as adults in this world, we really can get kind of concrete ideas you know all our ideas and ideals about the world really become solidified almost overly so Mm -hmm. and so when we see this young person this young human being acting or expressing in a totally different way like talking to people and beings that we don't see it doesn't fit into into the parents box and so they can be so quick to say well Mm -hmm. just shape up and be like everybody else just be like us instead of recognizing that there's Mm -hmm. really an authentic experience happening here that may be different than your 30 40 year old solidified idea exactly exactly the children that are here and that are coming in are simply here to just help us change how we see ourselves in the world around us that's really what they're asking for and you know they're not craving a sense of perfection you know they're not wanting parents to get it right or to do it right. They're just wanting us to show up and be present. Yeah, in, in love. Yeah, they just want to be heard and seen and acknowledged, which is really at the core of the human spirit. And for so many kids, the art of learning how to be in a body and connect their spirit in a physical body, you know, a lot of kids don't come in with that innate knowledge of how to just fit right into the body and have relationship with the world around them. And so that's one way that parents can start right away, learning to nurture their children's gifts, is it's a great way to think about your child, thinking of, you know, they're a beautiful spirit that's learning how to be in the world through the vehicle of their body. And they're looking to other people, and especially their parents, to see how they do life. You know, how are, how is someone doing life? Because they learn through example, you know, really well. And, you know, the more that we can put an importance and an emphasis on how important the body is with the spirit and connecting those two and why that's so important, I think it really takes a lot of the guesswork out of what to do when your child's showing a behavior. Right. Because I think one of the most popular questions I get asked is, what do I do? <laughs> okay, my child is showing, right, this this behavior. What do I do? And I so understand the human nature and spirit of humanity wanting to do something for someone. And I also hear the question of, well, what do I do because I'm scared that I'm going to mess up their gifts or they're going to go away or, you know, what's going to happen to them. And I hear that a lot. And it feels important to bring it up in this discussion because it is alive in the consciousness of every parent. They just want to do it right. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Oh, and so many parents right. lay awake at right. night thinking that yeah. they're doing it wrong. You know, they're like fretting themselves exactly. to sleep. Like, oh, I totally messed that up. And yeah. And, you know, I love that link mm-hmm. that you're making between knowing that children, well, all of us are this vast spirit that is in a body. I mean, that's one of the hardest things yeah. you'll ever do is come into physicality. Yeah. I mean, some spirits yeah. and souls are like as big as a house and bigger, right? And then you squeeze it into this little tiny, mm-hmm. tiny body. I mean, just right. just even like co- comprehending that can help you move in interacting with your infant in a more compassionate way. Like, oh, wow, they're look how challenged they are because they're this massive soul in this little tiny body yep. and they have no voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and everybody just, everybody exactly. as a grown human, sometimes we just forget what that's even like because it's so far removed from us. Mm-hmm. And then we had the same experience mm-hmm. of nobody understanding us being a spirit in a body. And so it's like, all we need to do is remember that these little humans, they're like walking around with a student driver plaque on their back. Give them a little space, give them a little room, give them a little understanding if they take longer at the stoplight. It's okay. Right. They're figuring it all out. Yes, exactly. 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 Student driver, student, yes. Student and teacher at the same time, right? Right. And... Right. And, you know, I hear often so many people will say, you know, kids nowadays have so much knowledge, so much wisdom that they want to share. They already know they have answers to our prayers. They, you know, they really, truly are the next generation. Yes. And that's so true. And they also need help of learning how to connect all that wisdom into their body because our body is the vehicle in which we express those gifts. And if we're not all the way in our body... It's challenging to feel safe and confident and comfortable and even able or free to share it in a way that actually feels good. When you're in spirit, like without a physical body, you're just Mm -hmm. floating in the ethers and there's not instant feedback loop. And then as you come into physicality, it can be overwhelming to have all this this instant feedback of like, oh, if I touch that, it's hot, I get burned. Oh, these bright lights. I totally understand the, you know, the whole autism spectrum because there's a lot of stimulus on Mm -hmm. this planet. There's a lot of stimulus on this planet and it's very dense at the same time. And so a lot of kids that are actually starting to come onto the planet haven't been in a body in a long time. And so it feels even more unfamiliar for them. And so that's why one of the projects that I'm currently working on in the temple that I'm really excited about is really educating parents on understanding the energy dynamics and anatomy of their children and how their spirit connects with their body at the different stages of their development so that people can actually feel empowered with this level of information and then be able to really look at their child their new pair of eyes and say, oh my God, that's what's really going on. Right. You know, they're having, you know, they're having a hard time. (laughs) Right. You know, we've mentioned the Temple of Mary uh, multiple times and Mm -hmm. I am, I'm a, I'm a love supporter of the Temple of Mary. And so what is her vision for her temple and what are you helping Mary to create through this temple? Mm. So her overall vision is to really have physical buildings in multiple different areas on the planet that are actually resource centers for children and families to be able to access. 
whether it's going in there for healing work or going in there for um, an educational class or it's going in there to just experience and feel the energy and write an intention or a prayer for Mary to, to hold. But they're essentially energy points on the planet. If you think about acupuncture needle, when they find that just right point and how, how it's healing for the rest of the body, I would love for there to be these types of centers all over the world so that people can actually really get the support that they really need to really feel empowered to nurture and raise these next generation of kids. Yeah, and, on the meridian points. Cool. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You know, kind of working on the grid system of the earth and, you know, having that energy be available for people who are most really needing it. So fantastic. For the listeners that haven't, uh, that aren't familiar with the energy of Mother Mary, it's exquisite. You know, and actually, Allison, you'll like this. I haven't shared this with you before, but I was raised uh-huh. Catholic, uh-huh. and so I'm quite familiar uh-huh. with, with Mary. And my mother shared with me just the other day that when she is feeling challenged in her life, or even if she wants to get into a deep, meditative, prayerful space, what she'll actually do mm-hmm. is put herself in the womb of Mary with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, yeah. Mom, that's cool. I like that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I actually really love that you're bringing this up for people who may not be familiar with Mary or who are familiar with Mary but want to access her in a different way. You know, one of the things that I love about Mary is that She's the epitome of, you know, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And she truly holds the template, like a blueprint to the most empowered parent-child relationship, you know, the planet has ever experienced. And she was a very empowered woman. And when I was seeing the vision for the temple, I thought to myself, who better than to oversee the care, protection, and well-being of the children on the planet. This is the ultimate archetypal divine mother. And her energy knows exactly how to do it. And not only that, it's her heart's desire is to really help everyone really allow themselves to get in touch with the depth of their own spirit so they can really feel that miracle of, of love within themselves. Well, and I feel like she brings and, in a, an integrity in bringing that forward and bring in mm, birthing that mm. that vision, you know, because when I envision Mary, she mm-hmm. is the purest of heart and of mind, you know? She is. Yeah, that, that's how I experienced her as well. And to me, she lives in the heart of every human on the planet because she cares so deeply. And for me, my relationship with her, how I experience her is she is essentially a a feminine faith of God. Yes. And she's always available to help. And, you know, I remember as a a child, you know, her energy was so strong around me and I didn't know how to embody part of that or even allow myself to connect in with that in a way that felt safe in my body because I thought it wasn't okay. So what would happen was when I would interact with people, they would feel the presence of Mary around me, around them, and it would create an instant feeling, a reaction or a response in their nervous system or in their emotional body. 
And because I was so open and aware of all of that as a child, I would feel that, but think that that's how they felt about me. Mm. And so it feels important to share this in this discussion, because I know there are going to be people listening that have had similar experiences or that have children who are really connected in with ascended masters or, you know, divine figures throughout history that are really here to bring through that message and energy of that soul and that may not know how to work with that energy. And sometimes for children, it can feel really overwhelming and scary. And that's okay. It's okay. And it just feels really important to mention that because I know that there are people that have questions about experiences like that and watching their children go into public places that feel really overwhelmed with so many people, so much energy, but then also have experiences of people feeling better in the presence of their child. You know, with so many children having amazing spiritual energy running through their body and then having an ability of being a healer or having a gifted presence that really just spontaneously shifts or heals something in someone just by being around in their presence. And it takes a really strong spirit to know how to really embody that in a way that feels confident and in a way where they feel good using it wisely. Well, and so I love that this Temple of Mary currently is online. You know, I know that the vision Uh is to have multiple physical locations. And I love that you haven't yeah. like decided to wait on that, you know, because then you could have put it off for mm-hmm. like another 10 years and people wouldn't be able to have access to Mary. And so how do they get to the Temple of Mary online? Well, that's easy. <laughs> they just type in my name, com, And when my page pulls up, there's an abundance of information on there and there's a little tab and it says Temple of Mary. And that is the backstory to how I made the public announcement this year in February to the world about this vision and its purpose and how people could get involved and and really help contribute to the overall vision. Cool. And then, you know, one piece of that story that I really, really love is that when you met your beloved... He's a, mm-hmm. a carpenter, and he said he would build you the Temple of Mary. The physical. The physical of one. Mary. Yes, the first one, yes. And so... Mm-hmm. Where in the world is that going to be? <laughs> the first one is going to be in New Zealand. Which is where you're currently, correct? Which is where I live now. And so mm-hmm. uh, when I met you, you were living in Bend, Oregon, and you have a really fantastic love story. So what can you tell <laughs> us about that? Yeah. How did you go from yeah. having these dreams in Bend, Oregon, and then ending up connected with Mary, and then... Halfway across the world now. Getting getting together with a carpenter yeah. who's going to help facilitate yeah. building the Temple of Mary. <laughs> how did all this happen? <laughs> Uh, When I was in Bend, Oregon is when I got the first vision for the temple, and 
um, I'd been wanting to move for a while, and I got clear direction to move to Encinitas, California. So I moved there, and I lived there for about 11 months. And during that time, I was getting much clearer on the vision of the temple and really keeping it inward. I hadn't made any announcement. I hadn't told anyone. And New Zealand had long been a dream of mine ever since I was a kid. I would actually draw pictures of New Zealand with mm-hmm. snow-capped mountains and beaches and um, flowers and meadows, and I would always say, I'm going to go there someday. And over the last couple of years, it had been a really strong desire, and I knew that somehow the body of work that I am here to share in the world was tied in with New Zealand, but I wasn't sure in what way, so I just kept being open to how that was going to unfold. And towards the end of last year, 2015, I really got a strong heart's desire to make the decision, I'm just going to go to New Zealand. It's time. I don't know what's going to happen when I go there, but it's just something I want for myself. And when I made that decision, Colin, my beloved, um, showed up not too long after that. We had met through a mutual friend. And when we were getting to know one another, I found out that he had a beautiful connection with Mary and how he's had different experiences. And I kind of just giggled, thinking, of course, Mary is going to connect me with someone who is incredibly encouraging and enthusiastic and supportive, you know, to this vision, this message. And I moved here in uh, the end of March, and it just was so clear that he was going to be building um, the first temple. And we were together for the first couple of months in a house, and then we had the opportunity to buy a house bus. And let me just say that I had been saying for the last year, I want to move to New Zealand and travel around with my partner. But I had no idea that it was going to be a house bus. I had never even heard of the word house bus. I didn't even know what that meant. Well, and at that time, you didn't even have a partner, right? You hadn't even met him, right? Right. When I was saying I just want to move to New Zealand and travel around with my partner, no, we had not met. Mm -mm. And so when I got here, we were living in a house together. And then that house sold, and we ended up buying our house bus. And it's about um, 40 feet long, so it's massive. It's like a big tour bus. And someone came in and regutted the entire inside, and they redesigned it. Um, they bought it off of auction, um, this bus off of auction. And so we bought it from them. They had lived on it for a certain amount of time, and they were done with it because they had raised a two-and-a-half-year-old in the bus. Wow. Yeah, and his spirit was ready to be in a house. So we bought the bus, and we are living full-time on the bus and traveling around and visiting all the different places in New Zealand and completely letting it be guided by our heart and by spirit. It's a massive co-creation. And we keep joking that somehow the bus is almost like a traveling temple of Mary. Um, yeah. And so we're excited to see what continues to unfold just from that. But it's been a, a very magical adventure and a big adjustment 
to uh, living life on the road in a way that actually really nurtures both of us. And it's an honor. Talk about an ecstatic existence. I mean, that is really the epitome of it. You know, I just so admire your story and so much of it resonates um, and parallels my story with Daniel and our, our boat life and traveling around and, um, you know, just taking these grand leaps of faith, you know, just like being so open to, to the information of the divine that's coming through that it's like, I don't know what's in New Zealand and I have no idea what's going to happen when I get there, but I got to go. It's inspiring to be willing and open to do things in a totally different way too. You know, not everybody even knows that you can live full time on a bus and I've been following your adventures on Facebook, Allison, and you and Colin have been having such a great time. One of my favorites recently yeah. was when you went to Hot Water Beach. This is a place now where you can dig a hole in the sand and it will fill up as a natural mineral spring hot tub. Is this correct? Oh, yeah. It really is something to be experienced in person. It's amazing. I had never seen anything like it. And so you take um, your own shovel out, but here in New Zealand they're called spades. So you take your own shovel out and you have to time it with the tide so that you know, the the water um, is far enough down the beach to where you can actually access the bore, the, the geothermal part of the earth. And you start digging, and it's amazing. You can be digging, and you can have about 100-degree water Fahrenheit bubbling up, but then someone about maybe two feet over from you, it could be so hot that you can't even put your feet in it. Yep. So there's all these different experiences experiences of it and you know you dig your pool and you sit in it and you're out in the elements and you have an ocean view yes you have an ocean view and it's you know your own free little hot tub that's cleansing because it's salt water and purifying well that's on my bucket list yes Amazing. When we were in Iceland, we got to go to a hot river. So it was a river that you sit in that's Mm -hmm. like a hot spring. It's flowing. And then we also got to go to a hot lake. And so there were parts of the lake that were actually boiling. I mean, you could see it like you you could Um, cook on it. It was boiling. And then other parts would be mixed with the cold water and you could, it was more like a hot tub. So, but yeah, wow. The hot tub Mm. beach. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. There's so many amazing things about New Zealand, just the energy of it. And now that I'm here, I so understand more and more each day why why my soul really led me to be here and why it's the perfect fit for my spirit and my energy and why the temple, you know, would want to be built here. There's just so much magic here. And it's very pure, um, very warm, welcoming country. And it's just been a really great existence. I mean, it really truly has been an ecstatic existence. I don't think that I've laughed this much since I was a kid. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just some of the adventures, um, some of the mishaps, the learning curve of just owning a big, giant bus, and how to transition it from site to site, um, how to be on the road safely with it, you know, all of those things. It's a huge learning curve, and we were able to laugh through every bit of it and then getting to really take in the raw beauty here it truly is an ecstatic existence you know if if people really could feel 
the energy that's here and the way that it really is desiring to be experienced by all of humanity, oh, it's so healing. <laughs> it's very blissful. Well, we'll come and visit you soon. I know that I saw you had one post <laughs> recently that was something like, you lost count of rainbows in a single day. You saw something like 25 or 30 rainbows all in one day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I love rainbows. Anyone that knows me intimately knows that rainbows have a really specific and um, special purpose for me. And I couldn't believe how many rainbows I was seeing when I first got here. Now the weather's changed a little bit, so it's not as many. But they still show up in different ways. But it truly is beautiful. Uh, it surprises me and amazes me. This is a cool fact, too, that there's actually places in New Zealand where there's um, the gold hasn't been mined, and there's clear quartz that's actually embedded in the earth, which um, really makes for a, a neat experience as well. Yeah, supercharged. Well, gosh, Allison, I adore you, and I love how connected you are to your own spirit and to the divine and bringing forth the message of Mary and how well you hold all of the children of our planet. So what do you have coming up next? Like, how can people connect with you to work with you? What's uh, new and exciting? Mm. Oh, I love that question, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, something something that's really exciting that actually ties into my ecstatic existence being here in New Zealand is a handout of all things that I created before I moved here. I was walking on the beach in California, and I picked up this beautiful white rock, and I heard the words, miracles of kindness, and I knew it was really important. So I took that rock, and I wrote in gold, that phrase. And I heard Mary's voice say to me, this is going to be something that's really important as a body of work for you to really embody, but then also be sharing with other women and their children. So it's like, okay, you know, and as I was continuing to pack, getting ready to move to New Zealand, I started writing something on the side each little day, and I realized that it was about 10 simple tips that I was writing, but I really didn't understand what it was. So I put it to the side, I moved, and then had a beautiful opportunity to share it with the world about a month ago. And it's a beautiful, simple handout that's free, and it's called Miracles of Kindness, 10 Simple Ways to Be More Loving and Kind with Yourself and Your Children. And it's really teaching you how to connect with your own spirit in a way that matters and really why kindness is so important for you and your children and why that nurtures your spirituality. And it's 10 of the most easiest and practical things that really brings me a giggle and joy when I think about it because people are loving this handout and they're getting an immense amount of value and joy from it. And it truly is like a little blueprint or template that Mary and I created together to really be able to empower more women to feel that they're embodying their spirit in a surprising and new way so that they can turn around and then show their children how much pleasure and enjoyment they're getting from that. 
inviting their children into experiencing that same level of embodiment of their spirit. It's something that probably I'm the most excited about it, and I just created um, a group, a group experience where a group of women and I sitting in circle twice a month to really take the work deeper um, for 40 weeks. Oh, wow. And we're really, yeah, we're That's really excited number. about it. It is. <laughs> we're very, very excited about it. So that's a body of work, and that handout can just be found at miraclesofkindness.com. Really easy. Beautiful. And then the other thing that I'm really excited about is an educational series that I'm working on that's really educating parents about children's spirituality and how to really understand their children from the inside out and really educating them about how their spirit connects with their body. Lovely. And so we'll provide all of those links in the show notes. And uh, and again, you're at alisonellsbury.com, correct? Yeah, sometimes, and yeah, and sometimes the spelling of my name is tricky for people. So it's Allison with one L. So it's A-L-I-S-O-N. And then my last name, Ellsbury, is E-L-S as in Sam, B as in boy, E-R-R-Y. Ellsbury. Cool. Yep, we'll have mm-hmm. that link included, yeah. ready for people to go check out your work and dive deeper with the magic of Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue to reach out to us, listeners. We love you so much. You are our global community. This show is listener-supported and relies on you. So there's a threefold way you can support us. That is number one. Tell a friend, invite tell more people, tell everyone. everyone, share with the world on your, <laughs> all over your Facebook page, all over your Twitter. Shout it from a mountaintop. Yeah. Put out flyers and handbills <laughs> on your local telephone pole. Say, hey, check out the Ecstatic Existence podcast. It's changing my life. Number two, what you can do is use our social media, contribute, talk back to us, tell us what episodes you're enjoying, leave reviews, drop likes, subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, let us know what you want more of, right? Your feedback helps us produce a better show. And so if there's people that you want us to interview or you want to be interviewed, just like Allison was bold enough to reach out and say, hey, I want to be on the show, do so. We would love to have you on and... uh, We want to provide content that's going to really radically transform your life. So let us know. And so the third way you can provide support is financially. This is a listener-supported show. We don't have any advertisements or product placements whatsoever. This is all about getting our guests and their mission out to the world without any corporate sponsorship or involvement. So in order to do that, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Type in ecstatic existence up there in the bar. You'll find our campaign page. This is a monthly pledge. You can pledge anywhere from $1 up as high as you like. And there are little kickbacks and gifts and offerings that come from us to you at different pledge levels. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate the support and everything counts. Yeah, and how wonderful for you to be able to know that you have supported us financially and being able to share this gift with the world. The financial contributions go to the bandwidth and hosting and storage of all our episodes and help keep all the episodes available for free download. So chip in, help out however you can, share the love. 
You can reach out to me personally, ecstaticexistence at gmail.com with any questions you have. You can check out ecstaticexistence.com, find out how to work with me privately. I love to connect with all of you, so reach out. Yeah, likewise, and I'm Rachel Alcyon. You can find me at rachelalcyon.com. I also love connecting on um, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. You know, there's a lot of juicy free content and the opportunity to work with me at an introductory self-discovery level all the way up through uh, VIP mastery, private retreats and whatnot. So there's all the love here for you. Reach out. There's all the support. And the global connection and grid grows stronger. Thank you so much for joining us from New Zealand, Allison. We hope to join you there soon. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for just the opportunity to share. We're so glad that you did. Be well, beautiful souls. We'll mm. see you next time. Much love. massive co-creation there's just so much magic here it truly is an ecstatic existence 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 it truly is an ecstatic existence